Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Brianna. How are you on this lovely Wednesday? I'm excellent, except it is 5 p.m. and it's pitch black outside. So that's an adjustment for all of us as daylight saving times ends. It's not the beginning of it, it's the ending. So people who hate daylight savings, you actually want to keep it, is, <laughs> has become my pet peeve over the last few weeks. It's not, don't blame the daylight savings, you want to keep that. But anyways, uh, as it gets dark and colder, um, I am you know, adjusting to the notion that I should probably be in bed by now because that's what the outside world is telling me. So that's where I'm at. How are you, Daniel? <laughs> I'm good. Very much like you, I'm exploring the senior special now so I can eat at 4.30, catch Mavlock and be in bed uh, by 8 and back up again when the sun rises at 5, it seems. But no, like it's been a good week in Canadian politics. The Conservative Party is currently infighting yet again. So the sun must be going up and down every day. So we're doing very well. On Monday, the House of Commons will be coming back with a speech from the throne. There might be a point of privilege on if MPs have to be vaccinated or not. Um, fun fact, they do. Uh, public servants <laughs> all have to be vaccinated, despite what you might think. Um, and the reality is, it's not that hard to roll up your sleeve and do the right thing. But I will digress on that one, Brianna. I agree on everything you just said. Really looking forward to Monday. I'm also looking forward to seeing what the speech from the throne looks like um, because last year we saw a very different speech from the throne um, in pandemic times, of course, really limited attendance, um, things like that in contrast to the 2019 speech from the throne. So I'm kind of thinking we're gonna see a little bit of a mix, perhaps a few more people this time, um, but just to see that whole process and, and to see the content of the speech and really what the government is setting out as their priorities. And then I think we'll have a few really hard and fast sitting weeks uh, before we all break for the holidays, which I think is needed for everyone in Ottawa after a busy fall with an election and, and everything that's been going on for the last few months to get this parliament set up. So I'm really looking forward to couple weeks of rest and reprieve before we come back for 2022. I think a lot of people are like that. I think after we get the speech from the throne, we'll hopefully get some mandate letters to see what the priorities are for each minister, which ties in very well to our guest today, Brand. I'll let you introduce her. Absolutely. So I'm really, really pleased um, today to have Yana Tudoranko as our guest. Yana has been a special assistant to uh, the former Minister of Diversity, Inclusion and Youth, Minister Virus Tiger, um, and then moved in uh, or moved up to press secretary rather and moved into the Minister of Infrastructure and Communities Office, Minister Catherine McKenna, um, prior to the last election. So she's someone who's had a few very interesting years in politics, worked on a campaign um, this past election as well, is a really, really good friend of mine um, from my days back in student government and just has a really interesting wealth of experience as a young professional herself who is navigating this world of ministers offices and we thought that this would be a great time to have Yana on especially as ministers offices are staffing up so she tells us a little bit about her life day to day week to week as a press secretary and just generally what it's like to work in a minister's office really really close to that decision making process um, and specifically on certain portfolios that she's worked on so with that we'll get into our conversation with Yana. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Yana, on The Backventures. It's a pleasure to have you. So uh, to get us kicked off, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into politics? Yeah, thanks for having me, first of all. Um, so I am originally from Ukraine. I was born in Kiev, and but I grew up in Fredericton. We moved there when I was 10. Um, and I went to 
uh, Echo Saint-Jean, which is a French school in Fredericton. And then I got my Bachelor of Science with a major in psychology and a double minor in political science and biology at Manaus University in Sackville, New Brunswick, a very small town. Um, I know you both are fans of the Maritimes, so <laughs> um, I can totally relate. Um, and also, besides that, I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan. For uh, for those of you who don't follow me on Instagram, it's been spammed with Taylor Swift. Um, and I, <laughs> I love running and baking, and I'm vegan. Um, I feel like I have to say this now or else I'm not living up to the stereotype. In terms of how I got involved in politics, um, guys, just before I dive into it, I want to uh, say that uh, nothing that I'm saying represents an official opinion or position of the government of Canada. These are all my personal views and experiences. Um, but yeah, I got involved um, in politics when I was in my second year in university uh, during uh, doing my undergrad, and it was through our Manalsen and Students Union. Um, so I kind of started out uh, just on committees and then in my third year I was hired as the Vice President of Communications and that's actually how I met you Brianna <laughs> during that time and um, I think it was at that point where I kind of went full like political nerd mode um, because I just started to see the difference that you know policy and governance makes on you know on a smaller scale within the university setting and postgraduate education um, but then I wanted more of it so I ended up running to be vice president of external affairs in my fourth year um, and uh, it was during that time that I got involved even more you know I was um, sitting on the board for the Canadian Alliance Student Associations as director of equity, diversity, and inclusion. And we were advocating to the federal government. So I got to see that side of things. And then obviously I was on the chair uh, on the board of the New Brunswick Student Alliance when Brianna was chair. Um, that was my first time sitting on that. And I, you know, we got directly got to advocate to the government of Canada and the government of New, uh, New Brunswick. And I really saw the, the changes um, uh, that we're able to make and how it was improving postgraduate education. I thought that was, you know, really significant. But then I just saw the fact that politics impacts all of our lives, you know, as much as people like to say, like, I don't care about politics. It doesn't affect me. Like it does. <laughs> um, it affects us all in one way or another. Um, but uh, during that time of student politics, I really realized that, um, you know, politics is really powerful um, in improving the lives of not just postgraduate education students, but everyone. And I wanted to do more of that. So that's kind of where I wanted to get more into politics. It sounds like you've had a great range of experiences, but when you were looking for opportunities in politics, specifically here in Ottawa, what drew you towards working in a minister's office? Yeah. Um, so honestly, I had a, I had a really good friend, um, Danica, who was working on the Hill at the time. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, her and I had just talked about her experience on the Hill. And it was something that I kind of thought of, maybe I'll do it later on. Um, and honestly, I thought about going to just work something different from politics, because after doing three years in student politics, I was like, I need a break. Uh, but then the pandemic hit. And I was like, oh gosh, there's like job shortages. There is, I'm not going to do online schooling because I thought about going to do my master's. Um, so then I reached out to Danica again. And I was like, hey, any chances that anyone is, you know, hiring? And um, she ended up kind of sending over some, some names of folks who were looking for people in their offices. Um, and, and during the time where I started to really think of, of, you know, working for a minister, it was mainly because I was intrigued by the decision-making process. 
Um, and having been somebody who lobbies the government, I wanted to see um, how it's actually made like on the, you know, on the receiving end and understand a little bit more like why certain policies that we were presenting didn't make the cut, right? Or um, just, I guess I wanted to see how, how you know, the, the cookie is made, I guess, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Um, and, and also because uh, minister's office in, in particular is because I want to work, uh, you know, within a setting where um, there is there is a, a mandate that aligns with my values, and and obviously with with all ministers, their mandate letters come from what the community and what what the country wants. Um, so it's pretty set up to align very much uh, the fact that the work that ministers do is to improve the lives of individuals across the country, um, and that is something that was that was of interest to me. Um, and I also just thought, you know, I want to see and understand it more um, to see how how we can, you know, also how I can, I guess, um, bring my experience and my knowledge to help improve um, some of the work that the government's doing um, and also learn. Like, I love new challenges. So obviously working for the government is a huge challenge. Um, so I was super eager to do that. And I think that's kind of how I that is how I landed into, into that world in the middle of the pandemic. Also, I started virtually, entirely virtually. So it's been, it's been a fun uh, almost two years. Amazing. Well, I can say selfishly, I was very grateful that you landed in Ottawa <laughs> and ended up working in politics because it's been great fun. Um, but I think you make such an interesting point too about uh, just that perspective of being a student lobbyist and, and being on the other side. And now you have this really unique experience in a minister's office. Um, and we know that your experience has been really leaning towards uh, the communication side, starting as a special assistant and then working your way up to press secretary. But of course, ministers teams are made up of a variety of different roles and teams. So just for folks listening in, um, can you tell us a little bit, I know every minister's office is a little bit different, but generally how the office is kind of set up, what types of roles and teams there are. Yeah, um, like you said, it varies. And I've been lucky enough to work in two different offices and just seeing the two different uh, team setup is pretty fascinating, honestly. But for the most part, uh, you know, we have the minister and then the chief of staff. And then we also have, you know, director of operations uh, who will oversee the scheduling and, and all all the fun stuff of events uh, for the minister. We have the director of policy, uh, pretty self-explanatory. Um, and then we have director of communications and issues management typically, as well as a director of parliamentary affairs. Um, so not all offices will have a director of parliamentary affairs. It usually depends on, on the size of the office and um, sort of the scope of the issues. Sometimes the director of communications and issues management will take on that role as well. Um, and then we of course have policy advisors. We have regional desks who really handle a lot of the, you know, outreach with stakeholders across the country. Um, uh, like you mentioned, press sec, uh, <laughs> uh, each office does have a press sec. Um, and then we also have special assistants uh, and those vary from comms assistants, like, like, which is what I started to, as well as, you know, it can be um, a parliamentary affairs assistant or even a digital creator, um, obviously in the world of social media um, and how that's a lot of the times that we rely on information, um, that role becomes pretty important and enough that some offices have their own specific person dedicated just to do social media. Um, so, and then there's also usually comms advisors as well. And the size of it, as well as the roles that, that there is, does vary from one ministry to another. Um, and, and, and I mean, that's something that also, whether it's in how many people are there or which roles are there. Can you tell us a little bit more about your life and the day-to-day -day of being a press secretary? I know like we saw it in the West Wing, we see a press sec every day in the US up on a podium. Is it similar to that in Canada? 
No, absolutely not. <laughs> um, it's kind of funny because everyone always compares it um, to that or people who just get into it will always think of that or you think of like the press secretary for the for POTUS like not on our end, um, to be honest. And actually, funny enough, a lot of political staffers will will think of um, going into policy thinking that it's going to be like West Wing, and then it ends up kind of being more like Veep. <laughs> if anybody, if any of you have watched Veep, um, um, it's it's all fun and uh, and can get really interesting. Uh, but day to day, honestly, it really varies. Um, from literally one day, I could be doing, you know. Same thing, a very scheduled next day is just absolute chaos, but I'll try to kind of sum up. <laughs> uh, most days I do start my days with doing a media scan for um, of all the sort of media outlets, all the big ones um, to see what is in the news, what could be a potential, you know, um, issue or a topic that can come up for them, whether media or stakeholders or even other ministers. Um, and then I also will typically have, you know, whether it's a, it's a briefing with the minister for any upcoming interviews they may have, whether it's that day um, or, or the next day. So it could be an interview, an announcement or a media press conference. So uh, there would be um, a meeting to, to kind of go through that. And, and then there's also reviewing media responses uh, that uh, we send out uh, sometimes, obviously, just written responses from, from our from our end, uh, whether it's um, as the spokesperson or on behalf or or directly from the minister, but sometimes our, also our department will send out responses um, because they really handle a lot of the nitty gritty of some of the programs that we that we launch. Um, so reviewing some of that and kind of um, just familiarizing more of the language. Um, the other big part um, is also has to do with um, answering lots of emails. <laughs> Honestly, a big chunk of my time spent is spent on my phone or on my computer just answering emails. Um, and that's mainly because, um, you know, as caucus members will go out and 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 speak to, to their constituents on specific topics, sometimes it can be on our related minnow files. So they would like to know um, what's going on and, you know, we'll have those conversations with them or send them um, some updates on whatever project they may be asking for. Um, and then another, you know, big chunk of my time is obviously spent reaching out uh, to reporters and pitching, uh, you know, interview ideas, sending them media advisories um, to make sure that they come out to, to the event or tune in virtually. Um, and as well as having conversations on background um, to provide them more details about whatever is upcoming, um, you know, in, in, in the announcement or whether it's to talk about uh, a news release that we, that we that we um, released um, and go a bit more in detail about it. Um, and then also there's meetings that happen. So of course, with, within Minnows, we, um, we work very, very closely with our department officials, uh, which means that we typically have lots of meetings throughout the week, um, touching base with our, uh, for myself, it's with my comms colleagues on the other end. Um, and that could be all from, you know, just planning out um, what the, on what our social media will look like from the department front to talking about an upcoming announcement, speaking notes for the minister, um, you know, media lines and all that fun stuff. So it does vary uh, from day to day. And some days, uh, you know, we also have touch bases with other ministers' offices. So I we do have like a weekly or 
not right now, uh, but but previously we've had uh, like a weekly touch base with other press techs across uh, across the uh, other minnows, and it's just to you know do a check in. Um, oftentimes we we tend to not really talk about work related things. It's just like a way for us to have an outlet to talk about like what is a fun book that one of us has read or a fun podcast, um, and just to kind of disconnect for a little bit, which is always nice um, to do that and. Yeah, so it does really depend. Um, some weeks are obviously crazier than others, um, and some days are crazier than other days. Um, but that's the gist of it. Amazing. Thanks for that. So we know you're you're not up in front of a podium um, every day, but it does sound like <laughs> there's certainly never a dull moment, <laughs> and there's always lots on the go. So appreciate you sharing that. That was super interesting. Um, and as someone who who came to Ottawa, you know, fresh out of university, and and is still very very young um, in terms of working in politics, um, we know ministers' offices are, are staffing up right now, um, mm -hmm. and that that's a, an ongoing process. So what would you say to someone who right now, or perhaps at another point in their career, is interested in working in a minister's office but really doesn't know kind of where to start or what type of role might be a good fit for them what would you say to them in terms of advice yeah well first of all feel free to reach out to me um <laughs> i am totally down to connect uh but no i think the biggest advice is start networking with people um who are already on the hill or people who have who were on the hill and left uh and are working, you know, in, in, in private firms now or whatever else, just connecting with people on LinkedIn, sending them a message to grab a coffee to talk about it. Like all of us are huge political nerds. So we love, love talking about politics. So literally, if you just send us a message being like, hey, I would love to talk about politics over a coffee. I'm interested in getting into uh, working for a minister. Like I'm sure that we will say yes, also because we love coffee um, and we kind of survive on it. <laughs> Um, but no, it, you know, it can be very intimidating, obviously, uh, but the reality is that most of us, um, you know, got to where we are because uh, an acquaintance or a friend, uh, you know, shared an opportunity with us and they were that guiding hand um, and we're always more than happy to return the favor. So, you know, I think, uh, I think I, I can speak for myself, but it's always nice to, to talk to folks who do want to join um, politics and end up on the Hill because it's always nice to grow our, you know, political staffers family, the more experiences and the more perspective um, and the more, you know, new ideas that we can get, like the better that our government can make changes um, and the better that we can actually improve the lives of Canadians and and really it is all comes down to lived experiences so the more the merrier in my mind um, but uh, so yeah start networking reach out to folks um, we're more than happy to chat is there any specific memory that really stands out to you from your time working in the minister's office I have so many um, and it's only been like almost two years so not even two years but I, I don't know I honestly I really love um, all the interactions that I have uh, with with the people that I work with and um, you know the even the community members that we meet obviously and I find them all very rewarding but I think if if I had to think of one specific experience right now um, is a couple of not a couple of months, a few months ago, um, I joined um, the former Minister of Infrastructure and Communities, uh, Catherine McKenna, on a trip to, to Nunavut uh, for stakeholder engagements and an announcement. Um, I've never been up north, so it was super cool. Um, it was honestly one of the coolest experiences I've ever had uh, for many reason, but reasons, but one being the fact that um, it was absolutely beautiful. Uh, and also everyone there was so kind and welcoming to us. But I think like the main reason is that I learned so much about Inuit culture and, and history and traditions. Um, and as well as I learned a lot about how underfunded um, Nunavut is and about a lot of the issues that are, that are happening there that I honestly never 
um, knew about, like having worked really closely with even indigenous students on our campuses, um, I've learned about First Nations and Métis uh, communities, but I, I haven't you know, learned as much about Inuit. And um, so that was a really unique experience. And I really got to know the reality of um, how much more work we have to do on even, you know, whether it's municipal, provincial, but obviously for my end on the federal level, whether it's to do with issues of, of housing, health, and, um, and um, you know, water, of course, is a big one, even right now. Um, so, and then the other big thing is also, I saw the impacts of climate change and such a stark, it was such a stark representation. Like it was just like, holy crap. Um, and it was really, it was so eye-opening. And to this day, whenever I have any conversation with, with um, any of my political staffers, I always end up talking about this experience because it was so eye-opening. Like um, to even think that, um, you know, the housing situation was so, it was so terrible up there um, to even know that that's, you know, there was families, uh, we heard this from community members who were, you know, really kind and vulnerable enough to share this information with us. Uh, but, you know, some families were living in a household of like, there was like three families in one house, like three, gen three generations, um, just because of how bad the situation is, you know, and the TB rates are, are really high and there's not much, um, there's a lot of issues with water, of course. And so it was really a unique experience and I was really privileged to be there and to have those conversations. Um, and of course, you know, having been there with also um, with Minister or with Catherine uh, McKenna, uh, her, you know, being able to just talk to community members. Um, she already had connections with them as well. So I felt like I got to meet lots of amazing leaders. Um, so just now at least I have, you know, connections if, if, I, uh, if I feel like there's more work that I would like to to do and connect with those folks. So a lot of them are actually in Ottawa as well. So it's kind of cool. Uh, but I think that's my favorite experience and, and memory um, that I would have to I had to pick one. But I have many more. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for for sharing that, as long with with all of your your experiences and advice that you have over the last few minutes. Our last question, which we ask everyone, is kind of a fun one. Um, but uh, because you are based out of Ottawa, we are asking everyone what their favorite place is in Ottawa. And this could be a restaurant. It could be just be a spot you really enjoy. You know, you're you're two years or so into your time here in Ottawa. So <laughs> do you have a favorite place that you'd recommend? <laughs> I do. And I was like thinking, do I share this? Um, because <laughs> I don't want people to go to it. No, it's it's a spot that I think some people already know about it. Um, but behind uh, Supreme Court, uh, it is my favorite little lookout spot. It's like that semicircle lookout that oversees uh, the Ottawa River and then Gatineau. And you get this awesome view of like the side of like the back and the side of Parliament Hill, which is super cool, but also the best sunset. Um, and I find that not many people really know about that spot. Like whenever I go, I find it's the place where I'll go and just there's nice little benches that you can sit. Sometimes there's painters there. So it's really just cute and neat. Um, I like to go there just like have coffee and just kind of be zen and present in the moment. Um, but I think that's my favorite spot. And I've brought friends there who are from Ottawa and they've been like, I've never discovered this spot before. And I'm like, haha, like, and I've only been here for two years. Like, um, so anyways, if the spot gets super busy, it's now because I've shared the secret spot with everyone. <laughs> we'll know why, but I, I do agree. That is a lovely, lovely spot. Big fan of behind the Supreme Court. Well, that brings us to the end of uh, today's interview. Thank you so much, Yana, for, for sharing all of your experiences and insights. I am personally very happy that there are people like you on the Hill and we really look forward to keeping in touch and, and seeing um, where you head next and, and what experiences you gain from that. But thanks so much for sharing with us today.
Thank you for having me. And thanks for doing this podcast. It's really fun to listen, especially to hear the conversation that you two have on the side. <laughs> it's a nice little debate. <laughs> I love it. Thanks so much. Thank you. Well, Brianna, I think I'm going to start preparing my CV to see if I can get into some minister's offices after that. It was very interesting to hear her perspective of just how her day evolves and how it varies and how it can be very fast paced for other times it's a little bit more quiet. Um, I was a little saddened to hear she's not at a podium every day and how it's not quite like the West Wing, but I think that's the reality. But she did a great job framing it and I really appreciated her talking about her favorite memory of traveling up to Nunavut. And I would love to hear more about that sometime. Yeah, I agree. I think as she's, like I said, as someone who's had some really interesting experiences in a really short period of time as well. Yeah, I thought it was super interesting some of the experiences she shared about her time up north and learning more about Inuit communities. I think that's something that's so, so critical. We live in a massive country um, in Canada, but there's there's so much to learn about, particularly, I think, northern and remote communities that um, those of us in southern Canada really don't realize in terms of the amount of privilege and, and resources and, and access we have. Um, so I appreciated her sharing that perspective as well as just I thought it was really interesting to hear some of her day-to-day -day as as press secretary like we said not up at a podium every day but I think always has lots on the go and very very multifaceted in terms of what that work looks like and I think that's what keeps someone like Yana who's really really motivated and incredibly intelligent really engaged and and like I said at the end I'm just really glad that there's people like her in politics so I, I really look forward to seeing you know ministers assemble their teams over um these final remaining weeks that they have to do so, because I think you and I both know, Daniel, that um, while the ministers take on a lot, their, their teams and their staff are a huge, huge part of what makes the government work um, uh, day to day. And so they're really, really critical people like Donna and many others, and a lot of them are young folks. So I would say for anyone who found this episode interesting, um, definitely um, put your name out there. Like Donna said, get your name out there, talk to people, um, do some networking, and, and this work might be really interesting to you. So with that, we'll be back in a few weeks for our our final episode before our holiday break but we encourage you to like this episode uh, share it with a friend and subscribe for more thank you so much folks have a great week